Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Friday, June 23rd. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Today, deconstructing Barbie in 2023. But first, GOP retaliation and a bad look for the Supreme Court. Our weekly politics state of play is today's one big thing. Yesterday, hard right House Republicans who were eager to impeach President Biden forced a vote that sent the measure to congressional committees. Axios' managing editor for politics, David Lindsay, is here to talk about that and more. David, what can you tell us about this brewing Biden impeachment push? For some people, they've probably not heard very much about this. What's behind this? Well, this is basically campaign messaging disguised as impeachment. They've been wanting to ring up Biden for something the conservative Republicans have. There's a a lot of Biden foreign business investigations going on. Hasn't really led anywhere yet, so they're focusing on the border. And historically, there haven't been impeachments based on policy differences. It's based on conduct or breaking the law, things like that. This is a policy difference. They don't like Biden's border policy. They say, you know, one of their big campaign talking points is that it's let too many undocumented migrants into the country. And so this is something they're pressing in November 24. And this is the run up to that. So this week, the House also voted to censure California Representative Adam Schiff, a Democrat who was the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. It cites his allegations of ties between Trump and Russia. David, is this in a similar vein to what we're seeing with President Biden? It is. It's a little bit of retaliation for Trump. Trump and his allies will say there's no collusion. Actually, there was 200 pages describing the ties between the Trump campaign and Russia. So censure is normally a penalty for a violation of House rules or or conduct, that kind of thing. And this is a party line vote. It might actually wind up helping Schiff. He's running for Senate to replace Dianne Feinstein. I think he'll wear this like a badge of honor. David, we also have a new GOP entry into the presidential race, former Congressman Will Hurd. How does he factor into the Republican fields of contenders so far? He's uh, from far west Texas. He's an African-American. He represented a district that was about 70 percent Hispanic. And the interesting thing about his entry into the race is this makes it if 12 major candidates in the GOP presidential race, Half of them are people of color, and this kind of is a reflection of their efforts to recruit more minorities to the party. And in the past few elections, you've seen that result as well. They're getting a little more black and Latino votes nearly every election. David, this week, Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito took the unusual step of releasing an opinion piece defending himself against a ProPublica report, which details his personal ties with billionaire hedge funder Paul Singer. What's your take on this? 
I guess my big takeaway when you're talking about the Alito and the, and the Clarence Thomas cases is that it really has drawn back the curtain on the relationships between big GOP donors and some conservatives on the Supreme Court. These are, in some cases, big GOP donors who have had business before the court. And it raises all sorts of ethical questions. Dick Durbin, who leads the Judiciary Committee in the Senate, says he wants to consider legislation next month. I think either way, it's kind of a bad look for the Supreme Court. There's a poll out this week that had 30% of Americans approving of the Supreme Court and a whopping 59% disapproving. That's an amazing number for the Supreme Court, which has been held on a certain level by Americans for generations. David Lindsay is Axios' managing editor for politics. Thanks, David. Sure. Thank you. A mystery that's captured headlines all week now has an unhappy ending. Yesterday, a remote-operated vehicle discovered debris from the Titan submersible that had been missing since Sunday when it descended to tour the wreckage of the Titanic. The debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. That's Rear Admiral John Mauger of the U.S. Coast Guard announcing the findings Thursday afternoon. The five people aboard the Ocean Gate tourist submersible were immediately assumed dead when the debris was found about 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic. The Coast Guard yesterday offered its condolences to the families of those lost. I hope that this discovery provides some solace during this difficult time. In a moment, the sociocultural meaning of Barbie in 2023. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Later this summer, Greta Gerwig's highly anticipated movie Barbie will hit theaters nationwide. And Axios' Jennifer Kingston says it comes at a fascinating time in America. She's here with us now. Hey, Jennifer, so right off the bat, do you see Barbie as a beloved cultural icon or a doll that pushes unrealistic beauty ideals and gender and racial stereotypes? The answer is both and all of the above. I embarked on this piece not as a Barbie lover or a Barbie hater, but as someone who saw a profound dichotomy between the incredible excitement that seems to be mounting for this movie, which comes out July 21st. I keep seeing huge ads at the mall for Gap Barbie, you know, girls dressing all in pink, and even grown women and celebrities in magazines. Uh, Lizzo has been wearing Barbie pink. And yet at the same time, women are fighting for abortion rights. Women are still grappling with the aftermath or ongoing effects of the Me Too movement and of body positivity and equal pay and all kinds of equality issues. And this seemed to me like such an interesting cultural moment where we're looking at gender issues. These issues will continue to be hashed out on the national stage as Republicans press an agenda that to some may be reminiscent of more traditional values. The trad wife, quote unquote, has become a meme online that dovetails in many ways with what Barbie, who came out in 1959, has traditionally represented. Yet Mattel tells me that uh, Barbie is in many ways a modern icon. So go figure. You and I haven't seen the movie yet, but its director, Greta Gerwig, does have a lot of feminist cred. Do we have any sense of how much this is going to be reflected? Do we even know? 
absolutely Greta Gerwig and her partner Noah Baumbach are given great credit as being, you know, sensitive, feminist-oriented, and so forth. The cast includes a diverse group of actors and actresses. There's lots of reasons to be excited, but when it comes down to it, Margot Robbie is a an absolute stereotype of a blonde, slim-figured white woman who is the aesthetic ideal that historically has been associated with Barbie and with the backlash against her. Go back to the original Barbie. She was a replacement for boring, flat paper dolls. Mothers disliked her because she was seen as highly sexual. She had a woman's figure. She had breasts. The original Barbie was positioned as a teenage fashion model, but you know she was quickly envisioned in other careers and with the ideas that little girls could see themselves grown up and play and imagine what they wanted to become in life through Barbie. She was supposed to be empowering and Mattel still sees her as very empowering. The head of the brand got on the phone with me for half an hour to describe how, you know, Barbie's had 275 different careers. Every skin color, every iteration of Barbie, we have Barbies with prosthetic limbs, we have a transgender Barbie, a Barbie with Down syndrome, uh, Barbies with hearing Aids. There isn't a type of person who isn't represented by a Barbie for the most part these days. Obviously, there's a lot of money behind this, too. How many companies are planning to make a lot of money off of the current obsession with Barbie besides Mattel? The business angle to this is huge and can't be underestimated. There are more than a hundred companies with licensed tie-ins, that is with accepted ones, which they've signed contracts with Mattel to be able to use the Barbie name and logo. And those range from beauty and makeup brands, clothing, housewares. You can make your place look like a Barbie dream house. There are entertainment franchises that are touring the country to offer uh, the Barbie Cafe. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see whether this is, as anticipated, the, you know, blockbuster movie of the summer. Exorcist Jennifer Kingston. Thanks, Jennifer. Thanks, Nyla. That's it for us this week. Axios Today is produced by Fonda Mwangi, Lydia McMullen-Laird, and Robin Lin, along with our senior sound engineer, Alex Sugiyara. Alexandra Boti is our supervising producer. I'm Nyla Boodoo, and this week, a special thank you to all of you listening. We celebrated three years of Axios Today this week, and we're so grateful that you're still here. Thanks so much to the millions of you who've listened to our podcast. Stay safe, enjoy your weekend, and as always, we'll see you back here on Monday. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow is back with another chart-topping podcast series. Rachel Maddow presents Deja News. Rachel and co-host Isaac Davey Aronson examine the ways history repeats itself in today's headlines. Search for Deja News and listen now.